Good morning. I was standing out front of uh, Walmart the other day, volunteering, and uh, everybody coming through, I was giving them a smile, and good morning, good morning, turned 12.02, and I had to change that to good afternoon. I'm going to tell you right now, it took me at least 25 to 30 minutes to get that fixed. I said, but nothing else, I said, they may not know what time of day it is, but they got a smile out of it. Give them a smile. Mr. Brandon, you run back there to that back wall, flip that light switch on. One thing about a preacher, he notices everything going to miss. And that light's out. All right. Uh, good to be back in the house of God. Remember all those who can't be with us. Remember all those who choose not to be with us. That they'll realize that we need them here and want them to come. Uh, be much in prayer for all those on our prayer request list. Brother Don, uh, Sister Mary, Tammy, Brother Gary was just sharing with me that all have COVID now. Uh, so remember them, Brother Bill, or Brother Jerry and Sister Joanne as well. Uh, so remember them. Continue to pray uh, for Brother Bill. Sister, I get all my names. Brother Chuck, <laughs> Sister Rhonda get all my names messed up here if I'm not careful. Uh, so remember them. Little Grayson in your prayer as well. Any others tonight by name? Alright. Unspoken, I'm sure we've all got somebody. Stand with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Get into a service tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you, dear God, for allowing us to be here tonight. Lord, I ask you that you just reach down and touch each heart and each soul, Lord, this evening. Father, I pray tonight that you'll be magnified and glorified. Lord, asking me tonight to just have your way. Lord, let your will be done. Dear God, I pray tonight that we would draw close to thee and one to another. Anoint and touch the needs, dear God, Father, as you know. We'll thank you, Father. We'll praise you, Father. We'll give you glory in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, go ahead and grab your blue book and turn to page 81, page 81.
and to turn to page 209, 209. Go ahead and turn over to page 180.
Turn over to page 217, 217.
Specials? Any specials this evening?
Buddy, with a testimony. Wow.
every decision we make is with us the rest of our life. Jeremiah chapter 7. Might look wrong. Make sure everything's turned off the right way. Jeremiah chapter 7. You know, I guess this is a follow up a little bit further with this morning. I would like to say that we we have more influence on choices that people make than we realize. But part of it is getting out the right choice to make. And we uh, I, I, we was having a little fun this afternoon after church, and um, uh, Zach and Mariah, I, I, I won't get me a shirt. I seen this saying the other day, it's not mine. It says, be careful anything you say will be used in a sermon. Um, uh, but uh, Zach was going to move the van. He was being a good husband, a good daddy. He was going to move the van from where it was and bring it over here because we were standing over here talking. But he didn't realize that the girls had slipped around the gate following him. And we wasn't worried about it because they were going to the van and Daddy was at the van. But he was on the other side of the van before you knew it. So Mariah was hollering at Zach, the girls are coming. And then, uh, you know, they, they, they both got loud voices, okay? So then they, they start talking to one another and they're giving one another a little grief. But anyways, I pulled up next to them after I got in the truck and started yelling at them that the neighbors could hear them yelling. And we just got out of good church. And Nanny said, we had a good service. So she's raising her voice and we... We was just having a lot of fun. You know, we figured we was going to draw a crowd sooner or later. But uh, nobody come out. Well, then after we got back, uh, uh, we, we was fixing to get out of the truck. And I, I always tell her I'll be around. Okay? That means I'm coming from my side to your side to open your door. Because if I don't tell her that, a lot of times she just go ahead and open the door thinking I got something else going on. But I'll say, I'll be around. She, I'll get I'll be around. And so she said, I, I'll be all right. I said, so I got real loud again, you know. And she said, the neighbors can hear you. And I said, well, you know, I went ahead and got a little louder for a minute. But uh, we influence people. And I was telling Zach and Mariah, them girls hear you. Our neighbors can hear us. What kind of influence are we being? Here's, an, here's a time when, when Judah is, um, I guess you can go through the scriptures and, 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 and just figure out this. There's a lot of times everything's in a mess. And this world's in a mess today. And the churches are in a mess today. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not saying every church is, but can I just say tonight, there are not a lot of churches preaching the truth because they themselves are messed up and don't even understand a lot of times they're not preaching the truth. The Bible says to study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And you've got to have the word of truth to talk about the word of truth. God was not wrong in the Old Testament, and this is an amazing thing. 
In the Old Testament, God was upset because the pastors were leading the people the wrong way. He was upset because he had lying prophets that would go and lie and tell them a lie because they wanted to be appeasing or they wanted to be big or, or somehow, some way influencing and sometimes uh, purposely to destroy. In the New Testament, Jesus tells us and others tell us, the other disciples in the writings tell us there will be false teachers and false prophets along the way. So the world's in a mess, but there's an answer. Jeremiah chapter 7, I'll just go to the Lord in prayer and then I'll start reading. Father, tonight, thank you for your word, thank you for your love, thank you for your mercies, thank you for your grace. And I ask thee, God, tonight, help us, and help me, Father, to be what you'd have me to be, to say what you'd have me to say, do what you'd have me to do. Lord, I thank you for the songs, I thank you, Father, for the testimony, for the realness of our hearts. And Lord, give me glory, Father, tonight, in Jesus' holy name. And amen, amen. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 1, the word came that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Now, this is a very important part of the puzzle, church, when we start to read this, uh, to think about these things here. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Not, not Jeremiah's word, but the Lord's word. Can I tell you tonight again, as I was saying there, that, that there are a lot of, uh, of folks, a lot of churches tonight, and, and I'm not trying to be mean, but they're not telling the truth because they don't know the truth. They're not getting the word from God. They're, they're getting it from some other source. They're trying some way to appease people instead of pleasing God. They're, they're trying to build a crowd instead of uh, building a body of believers there. They're, they're, they're trying to fill a house instead of uh, changing souls. And I, I'm not trying to be too mean, but, but we're living in a day and hour when it seems like there's more and more people who are more concerned about how many they got in the seat rather than how they're telling those they got in the seat about God. And I'm not trying to be ornery or mean, but I'm just telling you tonight, church, I'm more worried about what I'm telling you than how many I have to tell. I thought about that this afternoon, and I, and you know what? Brother Don's not here tonight, or he had helped me out here, but, but I, I just, on the way down this morning, Netta can tell you this, I, on the way down, I was thinking to myself, well, you know what? It's raining really hard, and, and we're having a hard time getting here. We passed two wrecks on the way down here. And I thought, if it's going to rain that hard on my way home, we'll just cancel service tonight. I'll go to the house early. I'll get there. And, and when I got here this morning, I had such a, a joy in the spirit of the service this morning. felt so good and so wonderful. I didn't even think about that no more. And so when I was getting ready to come back tonight, oh, the old devil just says, you know, there are not going to be very many there. God didn't say there had to be a house full. He just said we need to go to the house. Now think about that for a second. It's important to hear where the word is coming from and to understand what it's saying as much as it is to try to say it. And you can have a good message with no spirit, no Lord, no, no meaning, and you can get people kind of frenzied and worked up. But when it comes to the word of the Lord, church, it's coming to do a work, a purpose, a will. So the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there this word, and say, 
hear the word of the Lord. If you don't hear anything else tonight, would you hear what I read to you from the Bible? It's like that real simple there. Just hear what I read to you uh, from the Bible. If you don't hear nothing, hear that. It said, and say, hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah that enter into these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Can I simply say tonight, it doesn't go against anything in the word of God, but God just says amend your ways. Hey, sometimes we got to change our ways, and one of the things that I know that I've been preaching on and hammering on, and we can go all the way back to the beginning of the year, though, is, is that we've got to get back to where God is God, and we understand that, the power of God, the authority of God. I, I love the songs that Zach picked out tonight, and I'm just telling you, those are the songs that we're singing in the days when the house of God would fill up and people would get saved. Can I tell you, I, I'm just, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I keep thinking about this brother Gary uh, over and over again. Uh, uh, the longer we've gone through time, the more that we've changed, uh, the more that we've altered, uh, the more uh, new stuff we've tried to bring in. It seems like the further and further people have gotten from God. It just I, I was thinking on the way down here this morning, if we could put up a, a billboard somewhere, I just said, come our direction. Uh, there's nothing wrong with being traditional. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the old way. Some, somehow, some way, direct it back to the fact that this. Uh, there, there is still a place to go uh, where hymnals are not something unheard of. Uh, where the King James Bible is not something uh, that was yesterday. Uh, we're saying amen or praise the Lord. I uh, wasn't something of old there. And I'll just tell you tonight, church, uh, we're living in a time uh, that God is telling us to amend our ways. Uh, why? Because we've gone out and Try to do it our way. How we try to have it our way. How we try to set it up our way. But it's time to get back to God's way. Remember, in the way of God is the right way. Because Jesus said, He was the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. And no man cometh unto Him except the Father draw Him. I'm telling you, church, if you don't go by the way of what thus saith the Word of God, or the way that God said it, you're not going. Amen. You're not getting there. It don't happen that way. You don't, you're not going to accidentally trip over heaven one day. I was thinking on the way down here, and I won't go over all the names of, of the men uh, tonight, but I grew up with a generation of young men, and, and now they're not young anymore. Uh, but they, they were, at one time, they were sold out. I mean, sold out to God, sold out to the Bible. You couldn't have weighed them away from it. You couldn't have tear. I mean, to tell you, they were just kind of like me in a lot of ways, but maybe even better in this aspect. Uh, they, they would go through, and I mean, they would just uh, just lay it out, plow it down, so to say, put the jam on the bottom shelf, Brother Randy, a verse. And say, they would just do it, but today, they've traded up some things. And I don't understand that. Again, I won't say anything. I won't call them by name or nothing like that. I'm praying about this. But it's time they mend their ways. Get back to what thus saith the word of God. And realize this tonight. It's not popular. God's word has never been popular. It's been powerful. It's been impacting. It's been life-changing. But it's never been popular. 
I was thinking of as we was leaving another thing, and I, I, I tell you all the thoughts on Sunday night. You get to know everything on Sunday night. But on the way out this afternoon, we, we got in there, and, 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 and I, I was thinking about, you know, we, we, get, we get loud when we are argumentative, but we never get loud when we're worship, glorifying. Not, not say never, but seldom. But you know what? I, I, I thought about this, about the choices we make. And, and, and Brandon, you were standing at the door there, and I might print you up this shirt. This shirt. I'm going to make one for myself, but I might print you one since you want one. I would rather be persecuted with Jesus than prosecuted for my sin. You think about that for a minute. I would rather be persecuted with Jesus or for Jesus than prosecuted for my sin. I'm glory, glory, I say, I was gloriously saved. I'm glad today to glory in the things of God. So God said unto Judah that entered these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, mend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust in, trust ye not in lying words. Now think about that. Saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I read that and I thought to myself, wait a second, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. That, that's right. Do you realize what he said there at the end? Are these. They have all these things, all these golden images, all these false gods, all these wooden things. They got all, hey, today they'll worship the house instead of the father. It's just like I said last Sunday morning there, and I'm not being honry there, uh, but when we start to talk about changing a few things here and there or doing something, it gets people in an uproar, uh, but we get more excited about, uh, and I say this more excited, we get more uh, uh, divided or aggravated or whatever it is uh, over a few changes in the house of God, whether it's painting or, or a few changes in the chairs or whatever, then we get about people taking the word of God and tearing it up and chopping it up and taking things out of it. I mean, to be honest with you, church tonight, I wonder what was the first church that accepted uh, the NIV? Uh, what was the first church that accepted the New King James Version? Where did it take place? Somewhere down there. Uh, because I'm telling you this, church, if we'd have stayed the course and we'd have stand ground, and if other every other church said, not me, uh, not me, uh, not me, then that that they, they would have died off in the vine. They would have never gone anywhere. Uh, but somebody said, hey, here's a better word of God. And the next thing you know, it's spread throughout there. Uh, but they said, these are the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord are these. And it started telling us what the temple of the Lord was. And yet my Bible tells me that those things are not. What's wrong with the blood of Jesus? Not a thing. Again, I love that song, He Knows My Name. But that whole song goes through there and never tells you who knows your name. Think about it. He knows my name. He knows my name. The devil knows your name. <laughs> the guy next door that hates you, he knows your name. 
the one that gets mad at you every time you don't mow your yard, every time you leave something out front, he knows your name. I mean, I got one of them that drive around the neighborhood just trying to figure out who he can call the law on and tell them, hey, they got, the, they got too many cars parked here, or they're doing this. Or, and, and I'm not trying to be too honorary tease him. I talk to him in the store. I mean, uh, there's nothing to die. But, but every so often, you just kind of, if something goes amiss, you call him by name. You say, well, that was, and I'm not going to put his name out there. Everybody else would know. They're declaring something to be that is not. They're laying down a false standard. That's not found in the Bible. If you think about it this way, Jesus himself said this. What are the greatest commandments in the word of God? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Upon these two commandments and all, think about it, all the law of God. So you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 20 and you start to read all the law of God there. Now think about the law that we know of in this aspect is the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments tell us all these things of God. Isn't it amazing today how that we have gone and changed what thus saith the Word of God. And even to this point that when we get to doing it, we don't have any problems with it. And I preached to you this morning on David and talked about what David did and talked to you this morning uh, just a little bit about how that Noah uh, uh, and Aaron uh, went through the things that they did. And I said, Deuteronomy, I'm, I'm wrong, uh, but I know it's uh, a chapter 20 there where God uh, tells them the, the law that he's, uh, uh, they're supposed to go by, uh, but maybe it's Exodus chapter 20 there. Uh, but either way, he gives them the Ten Commandments there, and he tells them these things, and it's not very long after that that we find that things go amiss. I mean, after all, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. That's exactly what David did. David was told up front that this is the daughter of and this is the wife of. Think about it. Naboth coveted the, or, or, or Jezebel's king, I, I forget them, but wanted Naboth's vineyard. And Naboth wouldn't sell it. So Jezebel said, I'll get it for you. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's things. Now think about it. It's all right. Your neighbor's got a good-looking truck. So hey, it's a good-looking truck. But I'm trying to figure out how to get it from you. I mean, just be honest. Let's go backwards, though. Thou shalt not steal. And yet today we say things like, well, God understands. And in the very scripture there when he's talking to the church, he says, will a man steal from God? Thou shalt not bear false witness. And yet we'll say, well, I'm just bending the truth. It's just a white lie. I mean, think about it. If it's a lie, it's a lie. I don't care what color you put on it. And, and it all goes back to this. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. A 
and yet everything it seems like around today is other things there. If churches preach around this, they don't talk about this. I mean, they don't want to exclude anybody. They don't want to offend anybody. But can I tell you one of the greatest things a pastor can say to a church in this congregation, especially if there's a husband and wife got a problem there, that the Bible tells us that one man, one woman for one life. And God tells us, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, which means if you've got some children who are leaning towards the other side, you tell them that God is against homosexuality. God has ordained marriage between a man and a woman. And by the way, it's not what you define as one. It's what he created as one. But we don't want to talk about that either. The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. It's really what thus saith the word of God. It's a place where when Jesus comes into the house of God, hey church, when Jesus, if he was to come through there in the physical side of things, he ought to feel welcome in here. And he, we ought to not be uh, afraid of what he's going to see in here. Amen. I mean, that ought to be fact, right? It shouldn't be, and I know this, when you come to my house, I'm going to tell you, you knock on my door. It's not that i got to hide naughty things or anything like that. But you know what, sometimes there's a lot of dishes somewhere, and we just kind of push them into the sink so they're not seen as easy. Sometimes there's some toys in the floor, and we'll pick them up. Sometimes maybe there's some clothes somewhere, and we'll grab a few things there. And you know what we're doing? It's that you come to my house and surprise me, and I'm not ready yet. So we're trying to tidy it up a little bit. Jesus comes knocking, church. There ain't going to be no tidying time. Better have your house in order. I mean, here's the fact. If you come through those doors tonight, I cannot think of anything that I've done anywhere around here that I could not let the Lord see. Maybe now I would look at it and go, boy, it's kind of a mess. Maybe I should get this picked up. Which tells us what? Well, maybe we better have a cleaning day. Get a few things taken care of. I, I tell you, I told him the other day, I got so much stuff that I don't even know what it is down here. What's the temple of God? It's a place where God is worshipped. The Bible says in the New Testament, you and I are the living temple of the living God. It's a place where God should be able to dwell and not have any problems dwelling there. It's a place where God should always be welcome. And when we wake up in the morning, God should be the first thing that we think about. After all, in my heart there, what? Is a melody. Rings out for Jesus, by the way. At night, I ought to be saying my prayers. And church, listen to me now. If all you can say is, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Hey, God understands it if you're coming from the heart. But can I tell you, laying down and praying at night and going to sleep praying is not an insult to God. It's a relationship. Sometimes i got to pray a long time before I go to sleep. Especially if I've woke up. He goes on and he says, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings. I will cause you to dwell in this place, right? The temple of the Lord. Turn you not to lying words. 
Verse 5, for if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to, to your hurt. Now, now look into that very carefully there, church tonight. Let, let me just say this. This goes back to the folks who say that in the Bible, abortion is okay. God says he sets before us a, a life and death. I, what he just said there, if you're not, what? Shed not innocent blood. There is no more blood innocent than a baby's blood. Now, I didn't say purified blood. That's Jesus. He's got the purifying blood. But innocent blood belongs to a child. And if you shed not innocent blood, can I tell you that they were sacrificing their children to Moloch even after they were born? Not just for the convenience of being born, but after they were born, they were killing them. And can I tell you something else, church? It is now a law in the United States, in one of the states, and I don't remember which one it is, that it is legal to leave an aborted baby that was attempted to be aborted and did not die in abortion. It is legal to leave them out for some 24, 48, or 72 hours. And if they survive after that period of time, then you have to give them medical attention. But if they die in between time, it's okay. God, have mercy. That's innocent blood. Can I tell you something else, though, church? Laws are stupid. Because you can take that child out of the hospital, put it in a trash can, and they find it, and it's dead. You're up for murder. But if you try to kill it, and you couldn't kill it, and you left it there to die in the hospital, it's against the law to give it medical attention until after a period of time. There are churches today, I use that word loosely in this aspect, who believe that's okay. Churches today that will not amend their ways, but have waxing worse and worse. Going more against the word of God, not only allowing homosexuality in the church, but ordaining such as folks to stand behind the podium. And I know this is my, 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 my stumping grounds, and I stump here a lot, but can I tell you something, church? If we're not going to stand against it, what are we doing with it? You've got to come out, the Bible says. He said, come out and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean. He didn't say, come out of the closet and tell them how good you are, but you're not leaning that way any longer. will not fly a pride flag in our church. I'll tell you that right now. You'll need a new pastor in a hurry. But look at what he says. If you oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, shed not innocent blood, neither walk after gods to your hurt. you got to set your minds to the things of the God, not the things of the God. It just hurts you, church. It's one of these things that whenever I, 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 I tell you, sometimes I get so torn up and let it 
Nanetta can tell you, we get so tore up over certain things, we try to decipher the will of God, and, and we, we want so much to be in his will that sometimes we, we might ha- actually don't do something that God would have been all right, but we just, you know, we're like, well, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, we pray about it, and, and one minute we're looking this way, yes, Lord. Oh, wait, no. And I don't know if it's fear or God just trying to get his eyes back over here. So what do we do? We keep doing what we're doing. We just keep praying. Asking God. Clarity will come. But I'm just telling you, don't follow other gods to your hurt. When you follow after something besides the God, it's going to hurt you. I I was thinking about this this morning. And and you go over there with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Peter. Chapter 3, chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. Look at what he says. Let, let, I'll just back up there. Verse 5. A lot of reading there. But he's, he's talking about Sodom and glory. He said, and then he goes on to spare not the old world in verse 5, but save Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes. Condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto these, those that after should live ungodly. Can I tell you something right now, this evening, church? If that's in there telling me that it is an example, I don't know how a preacher could read that and go, you know what? It's all right to be gay. It's all right to live your homosexual lifestyle. It matter of fact, let's just jump out. It's just all right to disobey the word of God. Hey, I'm just going to tell you something tonight, church. I don't want a corner so far off from the throne of God I can't see it. And sometimes we'll say, you know what? You're going to be all right. You're just going to be way out there. Well, way out there is outer darkness. Just to be honest. God said, don't do these things. They are our ensample unto us that we should not live this way. They are the ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. In other words, God's going to do to you what God did to them. God didn't change. His judgment is coming. And after his judgment is wrath. And after his wrath, what? There's nothing. It's eternal wrath. You ever thought about that? I mean, when God gets mad and he's done and it's over, it's outside all of eternity. It's not a temporary. And delivered just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. He was tormented for the righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they self-willed. They are not... They are not afraid to speak evil of dignity, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not really accusations through uh, uh, accusations against them before the Lord. 
But these, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that they understood not or understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure uh, to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and hearts and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children which have forsaken the right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with a man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. They are wells without water, clouds, that, excuse me, wells without water, clouds that they, that they are carried with tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantingness, those things, those that are clean escape. Uh, from uh, them who live in air, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For whom a man is overcome, the same is brought into bondage. For it, for if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than in the beginning. For it had been better for them that they had not known the ways of right or the way of righteousness. Then after that they have known it, to turn from it, the holy commandments delivered unto them. But it has happened to them as the, uh, the learned, excuse me, unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And I thought about this this morning, and I was thinking about what God is saying. Can you just imagine this? Let's just put it this way. A saved person, all the sin is out. And they go back to the sin. The same person, the blood of wash, and they're washing away, and they go back and water it again. And Jesus said, He that looketh, put his hand to the plow and looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You and I do not have a choice to live in our sins and say we're going to heaven. We're supposed to come out, be separated. Touch not the unclean thing. We're supposed to be washed in the blood. It don't mean we're perfect. Because I'm not. But it does mean I'm trying to get as far away from that which is wrong as I possibly can and do that which is right. What is the will of God? Thoroughly, verse 5, back in Jeremiah 7, thoroughly amend your way, your doings. If you thoroughly execute judgment, think about this. Then in verse 7, Then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words that cannot profit. Hey, church, I'm just telling you, God's got a place for you and I to go to. And if we trust in God, we'll get there. But if we trust in lying words, we won't. And I ask people all the time the very same question. Why stand or sit or go time after time to places you know you should not go once you know 
the truth of God's word. Why do? I mean, after all, none of us, when you think about this, and don't, don't get smart with me for just a minute, put on your brain, none of us would go to a burning house and go in just to see how long we could stand it before we had to get out. And then once we got out, we'd go back in and see if it worked again. If my house is on fire, my wife and my kids, my grandkids, they're out of the house, I'm not going back in. Now, I know somebody said, what about your dog? They're dogs. I'm not risking my life for a dog. I've seen people do it. I'm here to tell you, a dog and a cat, a bird, a fish, none of that is worth your life. You can buy another one, get another one. Somebody will give you one if you got to have one. But there are none of them. Hey, I will risk my life for my wife, my kids, my grandkids. I would probably risk my life for my neighbor. I say probably it's never happened, but I would probably risk my life for my neighbor. But I'm not risking my life for a dog. But let me say this. People are trading in things, and they're going back into a burning house over and over again, thinking, well, I got away with it a little while. This time, I'll get away with it a little while. Next time, hey, when God comes, I'll get things right. Later on, I'll get things right. I'm telling you, sooner or later, the roof's going to collapse on the house, and you're going to be dead. You're playing with fire. The difference is this when it comes to our lives. We're not playing with a house fire. We're playing with eternal fire. But God said if we'll get things right, he will cause us to dwell in the place, in the land that he gave to your fathers forever and ever. In other words, he was telling them, get right and you'll get the promise again. Church, get right. And we'll get the promise again. I, I would love to think that, boy, we one of these days, and I know God still does it, and I, and I say it over and over again, and, I, and I, I mean it. I would like to think that this would be a place that God could add unto the church daily such as could be saved. You say, Brother Arnie, we're only open on Sundays, and when you come down on Wednesdays, can I tell you, i like to say it again. Maybe you'll get on what I'm saying. I would like to say that this is a place that God could one day say that he added unto the church daily such as could be saved. There was a time when churches did not lock their doors. Nobody come in to steal anything. They come in to leave things. But they didn't come to steal anything. Well, we're too far gone from that. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. See, I know a God who can change things. Just today, we just don't think he will. But he's told us over and over in his word again, 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 again. If we would do one thing, he would do another. I'm convinced tonight that God can. I'm just not convinced that we will. But maybe here, church, maybe here. You never know. But we ought to let God have the answer. Let God do the talking. Let God be the one. Would you stand with us tonight?
Heavenly Father, this evening we're so grateful and thankful, Lord, for your love, mercy, and grace, and thankful, dear God, to be in your house tonight, for these that are here. Lord, I know tonight, Father, that there is so much that you'd love to do and would do, dear God, if we'd just allow you to do it. And I ask you, Father, that you'd help us, Lord, to be servants and willingness of willingness, dear God, to allow you to do what you'd have us to do and to be what you'd have us to be and allow you to do in our church. Dear God, the things you want to be done. Lord, I pray, Father, for those that are lost and undone. And I ask you, God, for those that are back there and cold and indifferent. And I pray, Father, tonight, just help us to draw close to thee and one to another. Let us be found, Father, in your, in your favor, but, Father, in favor with you, loving you and serving you. Lord, now I pray if there be any need, let it be taken care of, dear God, tonight according to your plan of purpose. In Jesus' name, and amen, and amen. Anything on?